We're in uh, lesson nine. We're going to talk some more instructions that Paul was giving uh, concerning uh, the church. Okay, so first of all, we're going to talk about our conduct, especially Timothy's conduct towards believers. Okay, Timothy's conduct towards believers. Look with me at verses one to two. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. All right, so let's talk about this. Now, he's given these instructions to Timothy, who is the pastor, and he's talking about how he, Timothy, is supposed to conduct himself with the folks there in that church. So, first of all, with regards to the men, verse 1. Timothy was not to rebuke an older man, but to speak to him respectfully as a father. Okay, so he's talking about the way Timothy was to conduct himself with the older people in the church. Now, I need to remind you that when this letter was written, Timothy is not a 16-year-old teenager. Because sometimes, you know, you have to, you have to teach kids how to talk to older people, right? Okay. Timothy is 40 years old. Okay. So you would think he would know, but in church, sometimes he's talking about dealing with folks in the church. So you want to speak to, obviously the word rebuke means that that older person is doing something wrong or maybe creating a problem or something. And he's saying to Timothy, Timothy, don't rebuke him, but treat him, but exhort him, encourage him to do what's right, okay? Then he says to the younger men, this is how Timothy was to be. Timothy was to speak to younger men as brothers. Now, I think that's interesting because he's not telling Timothy to have an attitude towards those who he's serving. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes when you talk to pastors, how do the pastors come across to you? Okay, greater than you, better than you, okay? All right, that's good, Tim. How many of you know what Tim's talking about? Like you, he's up here, and you're where? You're not even low enough, George. You should be, her hand should be down on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Is that a common experience? I've se- I've experienced that, okay? So now he's telling Timothy, Timothy, when you talk to the younger men in your church, you don't talk to them like you're the dad. You talk to them like you're a what? Brother, yes. Now what does, what's the significance of that, of talking to somebody like a brother? Equal, okay. What else? Uh, respect and honor, yeah, okay. All right, that, that's good, Gene. But when I t- think about talking, like if I were to call my brother up on the phone, how, how many of you were to call your brother up on the phone? What are you like talking to them? Hello, brother. You're goofing around, you're being real. Okay, the, the term is being real. You're real with your family, right? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? 
You're open and honest with him. Hey, I didn't really like that comment the other day at mom's house. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? You're being real with them. So think about the significance here. He's telling Timothy, who's the pastor, you can't just lord over people. You treat older people with what? With respect, like they're a parent. You treat younger ones, brothers, younger guys than you with what? As they are a brother. So I think that's significant. He's going to go on now. He's going to talk about conduct towards women. Now, Timothy was to speak to older women respectfully as what? As mothers. Okay? You're to talk to older women respectfully as mothers. I think that's enough said. We understand that, right? Okay? Here's the other one now. Timothy was to speak to younger women as sisters and in a manner that reflects sexual purity. That's what that phrase there means. When you look at verse 2, with all purity. So he's saying to Timothy, you're to, you're to talk to them like sisters, so be real with them. However, your conduct and the way that you talk to them needs to have some propriety to it. It needs to be in a way that is going to guard sexual purity. Okay, so let me just stop for a This is a good time to make a point. If you look at the New Testament, the emphasis is, is that who is supposed to guide the ladies in the church? Other ladies. Did you understand what I'm saying? Other ladies. Now, for years in the church, we always talk about it's a pastor, pastor, pastor. Oh, yeah, you're setting the guy up for a failure. Did you understand what I'm saying? And that does happen. But so what really needs to happen is the mature ladies in the church need to what? Step up to the plate and what? Guide the younger ones. That's really what we're, we're talking about here. So Timothy, though, you're a pastor. You talk to them like they're a sister. However, you do it in a way that is what? With sexual purity. Did you understand that is in a way that guards sexual purity. So that's what he's talking about here. Now, let's go on. He's going to talk about how we're to treat widows in the church. Now, this was an issue back then. Let me set it up for you. Our culture is a little bit different because we have a social network. What do I mean by that? We have a system in our society where people who are needy, there is a structure to take care of them, okay? Now, in Paul's day, that was not true. And the most destitute people were orphans and widows. Orphans and widows. Because the primary breadwinner in a home was a guy. And the man, not the woman, had standing in society, especially in Jewish society. So if you were a woman and you were a widow... You became destitute unless you had kids to take care of you. And if you had young kids, you were desperate then for somebody to take care of you. So here's what happened. The church back then, we already know this from Acts chapter 6, remember? The church distributed food and care to the widows. All right? Distributed food and care for the widows. Now, Paul's going to come along here now and tell Timothy some guidelines for how to handle 
widows in the church. You say, what does that have to do with us? Well, we still have the same issue today, although it's not necessarily with widows, but it's with reference to other issues. Okay, so let me, let's go through the passage first of all. Look with me at verses 3 through 16. Honor widows who are really widows. But if any, if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before the Lord. Now she who is really a widow and is left alone trusts in the Lord and continues in supplication and prayers day and night. But she who lives in pleasure or indulgence is dead while she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number, and not unless she has been a wife of one man well reported for good works, if she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. But refuse the younger widows, for they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, and they desire to marry, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering from house to house, not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. All right, so let's take a look here. This is going to be some interesting conversation, I think. First of all, he's going to give a guiding principle here. Widows who are truly widows should be treated with respect and honor. Widows who are truly widows. Now, Let's stop for a moment. What do you think he's talking about here? Widows who are truly widows. What is it? A widow's a widow, Paul. What do you mean? What's he talking about here? Okay, well, that's that's good. That's a good stab. Okay, what were you thinking, Gene? Okay, that, that's, that's close. That's really good. That, in fact, you're right on it. Does anybody else have something you want to add? What's a true widow? Not going to marry again. She's, she's at an age where she can't possibly marry again. Okay. Has no one to take care of her. That's the issue. She's not in a marriable, she's still not young enough or in that age group for somebody else to pick her up and, and, uh, take her into his home. Or, she doesn't have any family whatsoever to take care of. That's a true widow. It's not saying that she isn't a widow, but in the sense of the church giving care, we only want to give care, Paul says, to those who are true widows. Let's go on. The phrase truly widows reflects those who do not have children are really in need. So I just said that, okay? All right. The children of widows must show respect to their parents by caring for her needs. See, this is a big thing now. The issue is, if you have somebody who is a widow, yes, we're going to have widows, right? 
We have widows in our church. The proper thing, Paul says, though, is, is that the children should show respect and care and what? Take care of their mother. Do you understand what I'm saying? Take care of their widow. That's the point he's making here. Now, this care by her children is a good and acceptable to the Lord. So, if let's say, okay, in my situation, I do have a widow. My mom is a widow. My dad is dead. Now, if I was living in Mississippi, it would be the responsible thing for me to make sure that my mom is okay. But actually, I have a sister who lives with my mom, and she takes care of my mom. And to the Lord, that's good and what? Acceptable. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the family should take care of its own first. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what Paul's pointing out here. Family should take care of its own first. That's a good principle. Now, let me say how this, you're saying, this is really interesting, George, but what does this have to do with us? Because we do have a social network. It has a lot to do with us. Because a lot of times, we'll get calls from people saying, hey, George, can a church help me with this need? My car blew up, or or this happened, or whatever. Can you help me with this need? Okay? So what... And we will want to help, but the first thing we do is is look and see, are they truly in need, or can they have somebody else help them? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, for instance, if they are in need and they got like six or seven brothers and sisters and an extended family that may be able to help them financially, we usually encourage them to go there first. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go there first, because family should have an obligation to what? Yeah, but you don't know Jimmy. Jimmy is just constantly asking all the time. I understand that, but that doesn't mean that the church needs to take up the need, right? Because Jimmy's got family, all right? Jimmy's got family. Same principle here, okay? Same principle. A true widow is one who is alone and spends her time praying as she trusts in God. That's what he's saying here. You're talking about a widow who is going to devote herself to serving the Lord. How does she serve the Lord? Praying. Wonderful thing that you need, we need to encourage our widows is you have time, pray. I, by the way, are there any, we don't have very many things to pray about, do we? No, we got a lot to pray about, right? A lot of needs. Okay? People's health needs, people's financial needs, relationship needs. It just goes on the country, the world, North Korea. You know, it just goes on and on and on. There's stuff to pray about, right? Okay. So a widow, a true widow, is one who doesn't have any family to take care of them, but they can devote themselves to what? Prayer, okay? Spending time alone, praying, trusting in God. All right, now let's go on. However... He says there are some widows who are spiritually dead as they live, lead indulgent lives. What do you think he's talking about there? Look with me at what he's saying there. Look with me at verse 6. But she who lives in pleasure or indulgence 
is dead while she lives. What is he talking about there? Okay, we, all right. Yeah, that's good, Tim. Now, you said it jumps around from man to man, okay? Okay, that's good. I, I don't think that's what he's talking about here. Let's talk about living in pleasure. You're looking at you're focusing on the word pleasure. It's The word also is translated indulgence. But have you ever, ever, have you ever had somebody who's in need, but they got a nicer TV than you do, and uh, they got cable, and, uh, you know, and it's not, nothing wrong with cable. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're eating better than you do, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 but yet they need your help to take care of their car. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? That's what he's, what he's talking about here, is that they, they, they're not really, they're just living for themselves, they're spiritually dead. That's what he's saying here, because their focus is totally on self. They have no constraint. What it, Paul's talking about here is a woman who, or a guy, a widow, or a widower, who really is just doing whatever and expecting somebody else to take care of them. And he's saying that they're what? They're spiritually dead. They're not physically dead. They're spiritually dead because why? Why is he saying spiritually dead? Because their focus is on who? Themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? Their focus is on themselves. All right, so Paul presented the following command so that widows may be blameless. So he wants to help them out, so he's going to present these following commands, okay? First one is has to do with family responsibility. If you don't care for your family, you deny the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. This is what he's saying to Christians. If you don't take care of your own family, you deny the faith. What does that mean? That means you are, you're going against everything that you believe as far as Christianity and you're worse than an unbeliever. What does that mean? Because Paul knows even unbelievers take care of their families, right? If you don't take care of your family, you're not, you're doing worse than an unbeliever and you say you're a Christian. So that's the first thing. He's going to give a command here. Basically saying, you've got a responsibility. I've got a responsibility. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So in my life, my responsibility is my mom, my in-laws, my children, and some extended family beyond that. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and if there's a need, I need to not say, well, I wonder how they're going to get, well, I wonder how they're going to get help. I need to step up to the plate. Okay? All right, let's go on. He's going to talk about the age of a widow. The church is not to care for a widow who is under the age of 60. Why would he set a time limit like that? Anybody? Why would he set a time limit like that? Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's the possibility that even up till 60, people could still get what? And they still do what? Get married, right? Okay. All right, now, she must be a faithful wife, that is, she must have a reputation of being a faithful wife to her husband who died, or she also has to be known and, not or, and knows and is, is and, and, has been known for a godly life. She must have been faithful, a faithful wife, and is known for a godly life. So she's got to have a good reputation. Not just with regards to her marriage, but also with regards to her what? Spiritual life. Alright? Now let's go on. He's going to talk about younger wives. Okay? Younger widows. The church is not to care for younger widows who will desire to be married again. So if you're young and 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 you're you know if if you're in your 30s and your husband dies, the chances are you're going to what? Probably what? Remarry. And you'll probably want to remarry. Now of course after the grieving process and so forth, okay? So he's saying you, we're not to care for them because they're they're looking at their options, okay? Here's what I'm saying. Younger widows risk judgment for casting off their vow of dedication to Christ. What does that mean? Well, what he's, what he's anticipating here is, is that there might be a lady in the church who's maybe 30 and she gets desperate or whatever and she casts off her faith and does, she'll go with anybody. Did you understand what I'm saying? then if the church is caring for that person, how does that look? Because they're enabling her what? Lifestyle. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're enabling her lifestyle. So he's also saying here that younger widows are tempted to become idle and gossips. So if you're taking care of her, she's just going to be not having to do anything all day. So what does she do spending her time? Being idle and why gossips? Why the issue of gossip? Well, when you're idle, you got to talk to people. What do you talk to people about? Did you know what I'm saying? Especially if you spend hours with them. You know, after a while, you run out of stuff to what? Talk about. So what do you talk about then? Everybody else. Did you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, he's being practical here. All right? So they be, they run... They're tempted to be that. So it's best for a younger widow to marry and not succumb to the temptations of Satan. Best thing is, it's for a younger widow to marry and not succumb to the temptations of Satan. Now, verse 16, he's going to restate that overall principle again. Okay? He's going to restate that overall principle again. Families are to care for their widows so that the church can focus on helping what? True widows. Now let's stop for a moment. Why why is that a good principle? Okay, because younger ones are still physically able to help themselves, whereas an older one may not be able to. What else? What's the other? What why is this a good principle? Okay, you said it, Bruce, because the church is only going to have a limited amount of what? Funds, finances, or resources. 
Because maybe in their day, somebody brought a chicken instead of coins. Do you understand? Instead, of you gave the chicken to a true widow rather than what? Somebody who's doesn't need it. So you got to be wise in how you spend the funds that you have. Even though you want to help everybody, you can't help everybody. Does everybody understand that? Even though you want to help everybody, you can't help everybody. And and the, and the other part is is that it's not necessarily wise to help everybody. Does everybody understand that? It's not necessarily wise to help everybody. Okay, so. Families are to care for their widows so the church can focus on helping true widows. Okay, next week we're going to talk about elders and slaves. Now you're saying, we don't have slaves in our culture. Well, when you consider what a Roman slave is, you might be shocked we do. It's called an employee. So uh, we'll talk about that next week, okay?